Open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke, the 24th chapter, Luke chapter 24 and verse 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself, meaning this was post-resurrection, this is after the resurrection, He's rose from the dead, and they're in there having a discussion, and suddenly Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Listen to these words. Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. And what an amazing challenge. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, I love this part. Have you got any food? Isn't that beautiful? Jesus said, I'm hungry now. The cross wore me out. I need something to eat. You know, Jesus said, as I am, so shall you be. And we're going to eat in heaven. And it was not a vegan meal that he ate. I'm sorry for you who are from California. There will be no vegan meals in heaven. And if you are a vegan, you can sit at your own table. Me and Jesus, he said, I want some meat. And the Bible said, they said, they brought him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. In front of them, he ate it. I love what he said. He said in verse 39, handle me and see. Handle me and see. And quickly in the next verse, he showed them his hands and his feet. I want to preach on handle me and see. Handle me and see. Then he showed them the nail prints in his hands and his feet. And he said, I know that you thought it was over. And I know you thought that it was finished. But it's time for you to get a fresh revelation and handle me and see. And look at my hands. Look at my hands. And what he was saying was, look at my feet. Look at my hands and see what I can give you now, presently. Not what I've done in the past. I've, you saw these hands heal lepers, raise the dead. He laid on people with fevers and diseases and sicknesses, and they were healed instantly. But now, post crucifixion. I want you to look at these same hands and just when you think you've seen it all, look at my hands and look at what I can give you and look at my feet and see where I can take you. I'm not through giving and I'm not through taking. I want you to understand that we serve a giving God and we serve a sending God and he's standing here today with a great challenge in this campus and at every one of the campuses and wherever you're watching this around the world, Jesus is saying today, handle me and see. Handle me again and see. Because my hands have things that I still want to give you. 
My feet have places that I still want to take you that are beyond anything that you can imagine. How many of you have been given things by the hand of God that you never dreamed that you would give? If you were to be honest, you would have to say, God's nail-scarred hands have provided things in my life that were not even in my wildest dreams or imaginations. Let me hear some noise right now if you know that's the truth. And how many of you have had God show you his feet and take you further than you ever were supposed to go, ever was it predicted you would go? You've gone to places that only God could have got you there. Only God could have opened that door because that's the kind of God he is. He's saying, I want you to handle me and I want you to see. He gives this amazing challenge and invite and he says, come afresh and anew. Just when you think that you've seen it all. Just when you think that you've experienced it all. Will you hunger again? Will you thirst again? Will you look at my hands and see I'm not through giving to you? It's not over. I'm not, I haven't peaked out. I haven't hit the end of what I'm going to do for you just because you've reached some mountain tops in your life. But look at my hands again and handle me and see. It's time to handle prayer again. It's time to handle worship again. Handle faith again. Handle his word again. Handle me and see what I will do. You see, the only way that we can accept the challenge that Jesus offers us is he stands here. See it in your mind, of, in your eye of faith this morning. The master standing here saying, look at my hands. I have things that you can't even imagine. I have things that I want to give you and I want to bless you and your family with. My hand is a blessing hand and you've not seen the best yet. What I'm preaching today is you've not seen God's best yet. You've not seen what he could really do. Just when you think he's done it all, they thought it was over. And he appeared suddenly and gave them this great challenge. Handle me and see. Handle prayer. Handle worship. Handle hunger and, and thirst for me. And hang, handle uh, this, this thing called faith again. And believe and risk again that I can do something even greater in this season in your life. Look at my hands and see what I can give you. Look at my feet and know that I have new opportunities and new places that I want to take you to that, that, that are beyond anything you thought you were capable of going or doing. The only problem is it's dependent upon us conquering complacency and mastering mediocrity and being loose from lukewarmness. One risk that this church runs as God has done so much for us is to get comfortable and get to a place that we think that because God's been so good that we become satisfied and not continually handle Him and see through prayer, through seeking Him, through being passionate about Him, See his hands again and know there's more he wants to give us. And see his feet again and know that there's more places he wants to take us and tear, carry the message of the cross too. Never settle for good when you know God has a best. We must not be lethargic. We must not ever cease from handling him and it becoming more than just 
going to church now that we've got our lives straightened out. Revelation chapter 3, he warns that the end time church would have a curse on them. And this is what it sounds like. They will say, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. But that's not going to be this church. We're going to continually handle him and see. We're going to look at his hands and see he still has good things that he wants to give us and our children and our children's children. And we're going to look at his feet and realize that when I put my hands in my life in God's hands, he can take me anywhere. He can open doors no man can shut. He can cause you to go into places that will make you scratch your head and say, how in the world did this happen to me and did I get here? Handle me and see. Blind Bartimaeus would have stayed blind for the rest of his life. He was called Blind Bartimaeus because he was named by his hang-up and his handicap. Challenges are not supposed to become your calling card. You're not supposed to settle into them. He could have settled into his blindness and never hungered and heard Jesus was passing by and never reached out and cried out to handle him and see. But when Jesus came marching by, he started crying out aloud because he said, I have not lived so long in darkness that I want to stay here. Some people have lived so long in mediocrity and in this place of darkness in their life that they don't even dream or believe to ever go any higher. Never learn to live with less than God's best. Don't learn to live in darkness. Don't learn to live in disadvantage. Don't learn to live in shame and disgrace and feel bad about yourself and your past the rest of your life. Don't live in that. You don't have to stay in that. Handle me and see. My hands still can give you. Even if you've gone through something so bad that it's almost tried to define your life, he says, look at my nail-scarred hands. I can give you a good life. Look at my feet. I can give you divine appointments. Look at the places I want to take you. You don't even know what's in you. You don't even know the talent you've got. You don't even know how high I can take you if you just handle me and see. Nothing you've done has disqualified you. People will label you by your mistakes. But Jesus does not define you by your mistake. He defines you by these nail-scarred hands. And he says, you don't deserve it, but here, I'm going to give it to you. And you can't get there, but follow my nail-scarred feet and let me walk you past all your critics right into greatness. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah. I hear the Lord. I feel this challenge hanging over this building, hanging over somebody listening to me right now. And Jesus is saying, come on, handle me and see. You don't know what I have in store for you, and I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you the kingdom. You don't know where these feet, these nail-scarred feet, are going to take you. But you got to want it. Never learn to live in less. Handle me and see. See where my hands can give you and where my feet can take you. You don't have to live in failure. 
You don't have to live in disappointment. You don't have to live in defeat and in bondage and in addiction and in guilt and in shame. You don't have to live like you're less than. Damaged goods. What a lie from hell. Handle me and see. Handle me and watch how I'll recycle even what the enemy meant to destroy you, what he meant for evil. I'll take it and I'll mold it and I'll make you into such a beautiful that you'll be the envy of other people. Well, I don't know where this is coming from, but I feel like preaching this morning. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we serve a Savior who recycles evil. He recycles evil. He recycles bad decisions. He recycles mess-ups. He recycles failures and bondage and fear and depression. He can take it and make something beautiful. Look at his hands and see what he wants to give you. Look at his feet and see where he still some, sometime the other day in my study, I wrote these words down on a piece of paper. And I was so frustrated because I felt such pressure and I felt like I didn't have the message. And I, and I was just, I was sweating it. I was just, it was aggravated. It's this feeling that comes on you when you don't have the words and you don't have the message and the clock is ticking and all of y'all are coming and you're like a bunch of hungry birds and I'm supposed to have the worm. And I was stressing out, I was tense, I was upset, nothing was speaking to me, nothing was going off in me, nothing. And I looked up in my office and I said, God, why did you choose me? I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not smart enough to do this. He said, you've only been doing it 40 years, dummy. But I'll never forget what the Lord told me. I wrote it down. He said, I chose you because you are you. I didn't need somebody else. I didn't want somebody else. I'm not interested in somebody else doing what I've called you to do. I chose you because you're you. And here I am. This is all I am. This is all I have. But what you are when he touches it, oh, when he gets you from his hand, when he slips into your shoes, and he says, let me take you somewhere that you never dreamed. Yeah, I, could, I could get a PhD. I could get somebody with so many degrees. They're like a thermometer. But I'd rather have you. Don't you look at me funny like I don't know what I'm preaching about. I've seen those hands give to me things that I never dreamed I'd have. I've seen those feet usher me right in. I've seen them walk me right into the Oval Office and sit down and preach to a president. Don't tell me God can't use you. Don't tell me God can't reach through you. Don't tell me God can't take your weakness and make it his strength. Somebody give God a praise right Right now. Woo! Hallelujah! Somebody shout hallelujah. At every campus, shout hallelujah. Glory. I want you to turn to somebody, and if you don't do it, I want them to get a camera and put it on you. I want you to turn to somebody and say, you have not seen God's best yet. 
grab them by the arm and shake them and say, I said, you have not seen. You need to handle him and see. You have no idea. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into your thoughts what God has planned for them that love him. He wants to give it to you. He wants to take you to it. I need to smile while I say all this. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, <laughs> is to handle me. Handle me. You don't know where you're going with your life. Feel like you're at the end of the road. You're confused. Went to college and graduated and now just wandering around and don't know. Handle me and see. I know where I want to take you. Handle me and see. Touch these scars in my hands and it'll release the gifts that are in you. Touch these scars in my feet and I'll order your steps and I'll put favor on you and I'll put you before great people and you'll have wisdom that is beyond anything. You, I'll give you the tongue of the learned. You speak a word in season and people will know when you're talking that's not just a man. Well, I feel the call of God in this room on somebody's listening to me and you have no idea what God's about to do in your life but we're going to look we're going to see the before and after shot of you and you're going to stand there and scratch your head and say it all happened when I heard him challenge me handle me Get a hold of the Word again. Get a hold of prayer until tears are straight. Get a hold of fasting again. Get a hold of, of worship. I mean, not just in church, but in your car and in your house, in your apartment, in, in, your, in, your, in, your, in your workplace. Handle me and see. Because anything He's done before, He can do again. If he's ever brought you victory before, he can do it again. If he's ever set you free before, he can do it again. If he's ever opened doors for you, he can do it again. If he's ever healed your body, he can do it again. Anything that he's done before, he can do again. Three things are two or three, depending on how long I feel like preaching. Number two, anything he's done anywhere else, he can do it right here because he's standing right here. The Holy Spirit through the eyes of faith are standing in every church right at the front of it. And he's saying, come handle me and see what I can do with that family. See what I can do with that mistake. See what I can do with that bad choice. See what I can do with that, with that busted marriage. See what I can do. And anything he's done anywhere else, he can do it here. Recently, I heard of a missionary who said these words in a word of prophecy. 
We believe in prophecy, by the way. Not weirdness, but prophecy is a biblical gift and prophetic words can change your life. I may be giving you one now. And this man who had been a missionary for many years said these words, Thus says the Lord, I will send the overseas revival to America. You know, you hear all these stories of miracles and signs and wonders, and it's happening. I've been, I've seen them. It's unreal because the, the people, nations, some of them are so poor, they have to trust God. And, but God, God said to this missionary, America's been too faithful. They've been too, too giving. They've lifted the whole world and preached the gospel. And now that our nation is in trouble, and we are in trouble, but anything that God has done anywhere else, He can do it right here. And I do believe that we're good and ready and right for a revival in America like our minds. He still got His hand saying, hey, broken America, divided America, come handle me and see. I still got good things for this nation. I still want to take you to places that you never dreamed you could go, America. Dirt is dirt. I love going to the Holy Land, but the only reason they call it the Holy Land is because the Holy One was there. And He's not there anymore. He went to heaven, and then He sent the Holy Ghost to earth. And I'll always love to take a group, and when you go, all the guides will tell you, and all I will tell you, I'll stand in those sites, and I'll say, this is where he opened the blind eyes, and this is where he performed this miracle, and this is where he was when he did that. All they can do is tell you where Jesus was, but I can tell you where he is. He's here right now. And anything he's ever done anywhere else, he can do it right here. He can do it right there. He can do it in that living room. He can do it in that hospital room. He can do it in that jail cell. He can do it in this sanctuary. He can do it in your marriage and in your family and in your body. Because anything he's done before, he can do it again. And anything he's done anywhere else, he can do it right here. And anything he's done for anybody else, he can do it for you. We, uh, we used to sing a song in the old sanctuary over here on Browns Bridge Road. On a Sunday night when the service would get red hot and we'd be crammed in there, hundreds and hundreds of us, and no room to hardly breathe. And I can remember those services and... There's a song we used to sing. It's an old Pentecostal song. And one of those Pierce boys would grab the microphone. Little David's choir would be up there. And they'd start singing a song, and here's the words to it. Well, and all of a sudden the drums would go, and the bass, and the piano. He's God in New York City. Dang. He's God in Tennessee. Dun. He's God right here at Free Chapel. Bum. He's God all over me. And everybody starts shouting, ah! and the place would go crazy. Well, 
I'm ready to see it again. He's God in New York City. He's God in Tennessee. He's God right here at Free Chapel. He's God all over me. I know God is God and God won't ever change. I know God is God and He always will be God. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Handle me and see. Why do you scream? I embarrassed myself in the first service. I went back, I got all excited and preached like a wild man. And I was standing in the back and, and a man shook my hand. He said, I'm so-and-so and I'm a surgeon. And I thought, oh my God, you had to come today. <laughs> and he said, I just love this church. He said, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. It's wonderful. It's incredible. Me and my family, my kids, my wife's down there getting the kids out of kid pack and said, we can't. He said, I got surgeries. I got things I got to do. But I'm telling you, this church means so much to me. I'm telling you, if it's the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter who it is. Every once in a while, you need to step back and remember, and I, I want to close with this story. It's one of my favorite stories in preaching that I tell. I've told it before. Man, I've heard that before. Well, 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 you know, if you go look at the Mississippi River, I saw it 30 years ago when I preached in Natchez, Mississippi and different places. I went by and saw the river. I ate on a riverboat one time. But just because I've seen the river if I go back today, I could say I see that I see the Mississippi River. But really, it's not. It's all fresh water. And just because you've heard this little part of the sermon, don't sit there when I've heard this part. Well, 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 all the water has changed around you, and maybe you weren't open to what I'm saying then, but this very moment, it might be, it might be the angel has touched the water again. And I said all that so I can use the same thing again and feel good about it. <laughs> well, you get up here and try to come up with something new every week. Let's see how you do. I'll be glad to change. But I, this is one of my favorite mind pictures. A little boy goes in to a candy store. There's a big barrel of candy. And the owner watches him and he sees a little dirty face and little dirty hands. It's pretty obvious the kid is by himself and he doesn't have any money. And he's just staring there looking at the candy in the candy barrel. And the owner walks over and the proprietor says, uh, son, would you, you want some candy? Just reach in there and get you a handful. The little boy just looked up, little smutty face with dirt all over, looked down, didn't do anything. He said, no, son, I know you don't have to pay me. It's okay. Just reach in there and get you a handful. He just looked up, looked at the man, looked back down at the barrel. Finally, the, the owner just kind of got frustrated with him and reached down and took his hands, picked up all the candy and said, hold your hands out. And he held, it, held his hands out and he filled his hands, candy dropping everywhere. He's having to put it in his pockets and his hands and, as, and just turns around and starts to leave. He says, wait a minute. The, 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 the owner said, wait a minute. He said, why didn't you take the candy out of the barrel when I told you? I told you you could have it was free. He said, your hands are bigger than my hands, mister. 
I'm tired of dipping my little hands in the favor of God and in the blessing of God and in the provision of God and in the power of God. I've seen what my hands can do, but I'm ready to see what God's hands. He said, look at my hands. Just when you think I bless you all, I can bless you. I feel this challenge hanging over this church. Are you ready to go to another place? Are you ready to reach like you? Are you ready to go to places? Look at my feet. I want to take you to some divine appointments. My blessing is not predicated upon how worthy you are. It's time to step back every once in a while and say, God, I want to see what your hand can do. I want to see where your feet can take me. I heard the story recently of a pastor who pastors a, a large church. And during the pandemic, he had a friend who was an evangelist. And the evangelist, of course, because of the pandemic, had nowhere to go preach for months and months and months, and which was true of many, many traveling ministries. And by the way, this church gave over $400,000 to those kinds of ministries during the pandemic. Every time we heard of a traveling ministry, whether it was a singer or musicians and singers and preachers and evangelists, we just sent them checks. And small congregations right here in our area, we sent 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. We gave over 400,000. Might have been more than that. I can't remember. It was at a minimum. I stopped counting at 400. And we never wanted, and our resources went up during the whole thing. It became so weird that I almost felt like, well, shoot, I can stay home on Sunday and watch this thing, and, 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 and uh, well, maybe we don't need to go back. Amen. I don't even have to deal with them. But this evangelist was invited by this pastor of a prominent church to come and speak. And he knew that they had really gotten behind on some things, that the, the, the family and the, the evangelist. And so he decided, God's really blessed us. We're going to bless this man. He's a godly evangelist. We need to. So he wrote him a big check. And when the evangelist opened, this is what he said happened. He said when the evangelist opened, he looked at the mount. And when he saw the amount, his eyes got so big and he looked up and he said, oh, I can't accept this. I can't take this. This is too much. This is too much. This, oh my goodness, no, no, no. This is too much. And he just kept on and he finally just reached the point where the pastor start, stopped, stopped arguing with him, walked over and said, give me the check. He took the check and right in, this is what he said he did, right in front of him, he tore the check up and threw it in the trash can. He said, I'm going to teach you a life lesson and here it is. When somebody wants to do something for you and they say God said that, that he told them to do, to do that for you. He said, learn these two words. Look up and say, thank you. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to preach to you 
It's when God starts showing you his hand and starts giving you, and when he starts leading you, little steps. It may be just little improvements. Little. You may not be all the way where you're going, but when you start moving in the right direction, don't start getting the inferiority complex. Don't start resisting it. When God starts doing it, don't start rejecting it. And for God's sake, don't start apologizing for it. I'm tired of apologizing to people for being blessed. I'm tired of apologizing for the house and the car and the family and the children and the house. and the. I'm tired of apologizing for the goodness of God. You know what I'm going to do? I'm 60 and I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. All God wants to give me from his hand, wherever he wants to take me with his feet, I'm going to look up and I'm going to say, thank you. I dare you to throw your head back and throw your hands up. Yeah, you. I dare you to throw your head back and your hands up and say, thank you, thank you. It's not my hand. It's your hand. This is coming from your hand. It's your nail scars that paid for this. Handle me and see. Accept and receive the magnitude of what God wants to do for you. And I want to talk to all you silver heads, haired, and all you no hairs. And I'm one of you. It would be okay for me right now at 60 years of age to just kick back and say, I'm 60 and sliding for home. And I ought to just relax these next 15 years. But I'm telling you, this message is more than a message for you. If I'm not preaching to nobody else, the Lord spoke to me this week. And he said, hey, what you going to do with the next decade of your life? I wish you'd come handle me and see. I wish you'd look at my hands again like you did when you were a 20-year-old evangelist and you didn't have nothing, nothing, nothing. But you started handling me. You started handling prayer and fasting. You started handling worship. You started handling, you spent the night in the church with two or three friends who were musicians and y'all played all night learning new songs. You turned into, you were crazy. You, you, you looked at my hands and you believed that I, you started handling faith and you believed that I could take you out of Kinley, North Carolina to the world. Yeah. I wish you'd get that again. I heard him say, I wish you'd act that way again. I wish you'd quit acting like I've already done my best work in your life and in your ministry and in your family. I know some stuff has happened, but get a fresh vision of my nail-scarred hands. I'm still going to give. I'm still going to take. I'm still going to anoint. I'm still going to lead. And I'm still going to bless like you've never seen before. Throw your head back and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I receive it. So, I made up my mind that I haven't seen God's best yet. And that's bad for y'all. Because I get the vision and you come up with the provision. <laughs> that's a good deal. 
I like that one. Turn to somebody and say, we haven't seen God's best yet. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it, but it's on the way. Come on, stir them up. Stir them up. Say, come on now. I know you're getting on up there, but don't you dare think that God has done all he can do, and I just need this add or down and slide for home. Maybe he's ready to do his greatest work. And, well, there is a verse that says he saved the best for last. Stand to your feet. Get a smile on your face. Throw your hands up and say, Jesus, I'm going to handle you and see all over again, just like I did when I first got saved, just like I did when I first heard about you, just like I did when I first came to a church like this and felt what I feel. I'm ready to handle it all over again. I want to see your hands. I want to see the, the things you can give me again. I want to see your feet. I want to see the places you can take me on divine appointments again. I'm willing. I'm ready. I feel like if you would look through the eyes of faith, Jesus is standing in this altar and in every altar, wherever this is going, in every room, and he's saying to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, a personal invitation and challenge. It's not up to me. I'm going to give it to somebody. Somebody's going to take and handle faith. And they're going to get my, my will and my kingdom's going to be done. I'm going to find somebody to do what I want done in the earth. I'd like to use you, but if you don't come handle me again, I can't give you all the things I want to give you. I can't take you. All you business people out there, listen to me. God has, with a, an abundant hand, blessed you, your career, your business. And he's taking you further than you ever dreamed. And if you don't watch it, you'll just kick back and say, that's enough. But he is standing here today saying, who wants more? Who's ready to go? And this is an altar call, not for just the lost. This is an altar call for every person under the sound of my voice who would say, I want to handle him and see. I want to handle worship, prayer, faith. I want to handle it again. I want to see what his hands can give again. If he can do it for anybody, he can do it for me. If he can do it anywhere, he can do it here. If he has ever done it before, he can do it again. If that's you, if you're hungry for it, this is crazy. I know it's buffet time, but get out of your seat and come stand down here. Come stand as close as you can get and throw your hands up. Hold on one minute. Hold on one minute. Hold on one minute. Hold on. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Show me those feet, Lord. Where he leads me, 
Lift your hands and sing where he leads me, I will follow. Show me your feet, show me your hands. Where he leads me, I will follow. In a new season of life, oh, where he leads me, lead me, Lord. Every hand raised, every head thrown back. I want you to say, where he leads me, I will follow. Oh, where he leads. Big doors are going to open for you if you'll follow him. The gracious, nail-scarred hand of God is going to dip in the barrel. And he's going to give you and release your gifting like you never dreamed. And it's going to take you to places you never dreamed. Because that's the kind of God he is. Handle him and see. Hunger for him. Handle him right now in worship. Oh, where he leads me, I will follow. I'm ready for new assignments. Where he leads me, I will follow. I will follow. I'll go with him. We got to sing it again. With him all the way. One more time. Where he leads me, better get a hunger. You'll never get these things from his hand. You'll never get those amazing breakthrough steps without handling him. Getting close to him. Drawing near to him. Hungering for him. Woo! Hallelujah! Thirsting for him. I'll go with him. I didn't come to go halfway. One more time, would you lift those hands as an act of surrender? Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Oh, where he A 20-year-old boy got called to preach, and he showed me his feet, and he said, I'm going to take you to places. And I was living in a cornfield. 
in eastern North Carolina. He said, I'm going to take you places. If you had told me, and I'm not boasting, God knows I'm, I'm trying to release faith into a new generation desperately. But you got a hunger for it. You got to get serious about Jesus. If you'd have told me when he called me to preach in that outside, right across the street from a cornfield, that those nail scarred feet would take me to a position where I would preach to Whitney Houston in Nashville, Tennessee. A BB, uh, CC Whining would ask me to come do her women's conference, all women and one guy. And sitting on the front row would be Whitney Houston. And when I, not me, the Lord did it, but when I preached, she dropped to her knees and wept like a baby. And then she would ultimately end up coming into this sanctuary and sitting right over there and then walking back into that green room and dropping down and started singing a hymn, a cappella. And she said, I found and felt peace in this place like I've longed for. I know she had her troubles and her ups and downs. That's God's business. You, you're not God. You don't know. You, you just keep your mouth off people. Pray for them. If, if you'd have told me in that cornfield that these nail-scarred feet would take me and one day I would walk in my sanctuary in Orange County and sitting over there would be Justin Bieber. And he'd sit there and listen to me preach. And I'd go to Australia and preach. And he'd be sitting there. And after I preached, I'm not, I've never told this stuff. I don't go around. He comes up and grabs me and weeps and cries because the Holy Spirit touched him. If you'd, have, if you'd have told me that after preaching in Los Angeles, that Courtney Kardashian was sitting in the service and asked, could she meet with me after the service? And tears streaming down her face. And I laid my hands on her, and I prayed for her, and that girl trembled under the power of God. You don't know what God's doing. You don't know what He's doing. I could, I could go on and on. I could tell you about rappers. I could tell you about people that God, I could tell you about NBA stars and NFL stars and all kinds of people. All I'm trying to tell you is if, if you will get close to Him, there are no limits. There are no limitations. If you're a willing vessel that's touching Him and handling Him, He will get you where it's not you. It's the Christ in you that, that He knows will touch them. I've had dinner with the President of the United States at his table four times. And I've had conversations when he called me at my home in my house. One of my daughters sitting down here was on, heard, heard the first words that he spoke. I, could, I didn't even know who it was. But boy, when I, his voice spoke, I knew who it was. And for over an hour, we talked and talked and talked. What about I'll never tell? But I prayed for him. I'm trying to tell you, you think so small. 
you dip your little hand or you can let God dip his hand in the barrel of his purpose and blessing for your life. And it's so much, it's pressed down, shaking together, running over. But man, we just can't get people to see. You got to seek, you got to handle, you got to see it. And if you will, if you will, delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. If your desire is to be in ministry, if your desire is to do His will, is that will? Is that will? Come here, will. <laughs> oh God, throw your hands up. In the name of Jesus. This day, says the Lord, I will use you. I will anoint you. I will give from my hand. I will lead through my feet. And I will use you to touch this generation. You know what's powerful is his grandfather, Bill Stowe, is the reason that I'm here. He, he's the one that called me and said, I'm on the board at Free Chapel. We would like to, would you, would you be open to talking with us? That's his grandson. And let me tell you how the strange way God works. I want you to look at me. I, would, I have an Instagram account. I don't know who did it. Your wife or you or somebody linked the baby dedication to my name and it came up in my feed somehow. And when I saw you and your wife and, that, and those two babies and me on this stage, on that picture on the Instagram, this week I heard the Lord say to me, my hand is on that couple. My hand is on that couple. My hand is on that couple. I'm not making, I will face God for what I tell you. And so when I saw you there, and I couldn't see because just, I just can't see that good. But will, God says I will. If it be thy will, I will. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. You don't know what God's doing. You don't know what God's doing. God knows your name, your address. Turn to somebody and say, you have not seen God's best yet. You have not. 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 Come here. Come here. Come here. Raise your hands up. I remember you as a little boy. Now you're, 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 you're a grown man. Mm, and God's going to direct these feet with nail-scarred. <laughs> nail-scarred feet have bought this arrangement that's coming. <laughs> it's going to be a happy one. In the name of Jesus, and nail-scarred hands are going to give. He giveth more and giveth more and giveth more and giveth more. Whew. <laughs> And you know what you're supposed to do? I'm not worthy. I can't do it. I'm, I'm scared. Throw your head back and say, thank you, thank you. 
Calvary brought this, the cross, the scars brought this. That's why you ought to worship him. That's why nobody ought to have to beg you to come to church. My God, what a giving good God we serve. A giving and ascending, giving and sending. Touch somebody and say, he's going to give and he's going to send you. He's going to give and he's going to send you. I'm sorry we've gone way too long, but this is the anointing of God, and you can't program it and put it in your little box. Throw your hands up one more time, and I want them to sing this song again, and I want you to make it a prayer from your heart. Forget about everybody and everything and say to him concerning you and your family, this is what I give you. I surrender my family. My, I surrender the rest of my days, my future, this new season of my life. I give it to you. Maximize it. Ready? Sing it, church. It's beautiful. Sing it. Oh, where he lead. lead him, Lord. Lead him, Lord. Show him your feet. Show him your hands. Do it, God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Woo. One more time. Where he leads me. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Send the revival that's overseas right here. Millions, millions in the Valley of Decision. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching by Jensen Franklin and thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Your prayers and financial support make these programs possible. For more information about this message and other ministry resources, visit us online at jensenfranklin.tv.